Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. And now, here is your host, the lovely, delightful, insightful, and all-around great gal, Ms. Barbara DeLong. <clears throat> Welcome to Nightlight, everybody, and I have Ken Quiethawk to thank for that amazing intro. Um, he got a little creative, but that's okay. That's Ken. Tonight, I have a special lady on. She is probably one of the most amazing ladies that I've interviewed, and I've interviewed a lot of people. PMH Atwater is the author of more than 15 books. Uh, she has been researching the near-death experience and phenomena since 1978 and consider, is considered a world auth authority on the subject. She's a workshop leader, a major spiritual host at major holistic and spiritual gatherings, and has addressed audiences at International Association for Near-Death Studies, as well as the United Nations and in numerous countries. Her books have been translated into 12 languages, over 12 languages, and she's appeared on Larry King Live, Regis and Kathy, and Geraldo. Um, the book we're going to be talking about tonight is, I think, the best book ever written. Um, it's a manual for developing humans, and um, it's in in my career, um, and it's been a long one. I have probably read thousands and thousands of books, from Blavatsky to Manly P. Hall, Casey to you name it. I've read them all, maybe not all of them, but but I've read enough to know that if I had to choose one book to recommend and humanity will hang in the balance as to the book that I chose it would be this one she was guided to to write doing during her third near-death experience based entirely on threes um there are no chapters only the development of consciousness subconsciousness and super consciousness aspects to each topic every topic and I mean every topic for the manual contains the basics on every level of life, from how to use your mind, develop, and use intuition, understand color, sex, relationships, children, how to take out-of-body trips, interact with spirit beings, meditate, 
spend time and rethink money. Aliveness jumps from every page, and that's the truth. It's the kind of read that you can't put down. There's laughter in it. There's joy in it. There's good common sense mixed in with spiritual wisdom that has no time or age. Um, She talks of soil, rocks, mountains, vegetation, the air we breathe, our planet, our solar system, our universe, even electricity and energy itself, along with the void, and the ultimate, that's the ultimate cradle of creation. Each of the six main parts are separated by thought form drawings. What she learned from her 80 years of living and challenging every aspect of, of life is interwoven into the voice like none other, to what the voice like no other showed her. It's, it's, it is a manual for life. It is a manual for consciousness and the coolest part about it is not only does she tell you work on yourself which we've all heard and and really been frustrated by but she tells you how she gives you exercises welcome to the show dr atwater well hi hi can you hear me okay i hear you beautifully oh wonderful wonderful (laughs) everything's working thank you god (laughs) yes (laughs) i put some prayers into that one too um because you have written a book that is like none other. I mean, there there are there are how-to books out there, but I often say to people when when someone tells you they really you know they have the answer and they write the book, the only the only answer is for them. It's not for other people. You have come from a space and and given explanations so that so that people can apply it to their own lives and they can understand that that. We're here to develop and evolve, and we are indeed the people we've been waiting for. Well, it's not my book, dear. (laughs) Let's be very clear about this. It's not my book. Okay. It came from the voice like none other. And, And I was directed or shown or nudged to um, write it the way it was written, organize it the way it was written. I had no idea how to do it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is just so funny. I that the manual, a manual for de- developing other, ah, uh, oh, a manual for developing humans scared me. I mean, it scared me, Barbara. I can understand I just, that. I had no idea how to do it. <laughs> But you were inspired, and that's the greatest oh. part about it. And you trusted, and, and that, that's another part of evolving, that when we learn to trust what comes from inside of us, that we can't make a mistake. Well, you know, I, I, I certainly, uh, I, I certainly, <laughs> yeah, trust, <laughs> but it, it, was, it was a scary kind of trust. Um, the voice like none other. Um, I must be clear here <laughs> and admit that the voice like none other is not a voice. No. There are no words. It doesn't speak. Um, but I, I can hear it as words and voice, but there isn't any. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it, when, it, when it first spoke to me in my third near-death experience, it was then very, very loud. It was a voice that was so loud. 
it it was like like the universe itself yelling at me. It was that big, and it, it was compelling. It wasn't a guide. It wasn't a guardian. It wasn't an angel. It was you know it was none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. It was like the universe itself yelling at me. And and I can tell you right now what it said. <laughs> um, it said, and I quote, test revelation. You are to do the research. One book for each death. Ah. It showed me what that meant. Um, it, it, it then said I was to write three specific books. Uh, you know, above and beyond everything else, there were was three specific books. Book one, it did not name, so I have <laughs> no idea what that book was. I kind of suspect it was coming back to life, my very first major book. But I'm, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the second one was Future Memory, mm-hmm. um, and it came back years later to show me how to do it. Because future memory is not a book. If you ever have a chance to, to read it, do. Because it's not a book. It's a labyrinth. Every sentence, every paragraph, every page of that book is part of the math I use to create the labyrinth format. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's um, it, it's the, the purpose of the book is to enable you, enable your consciousness to rise up to the next highest octave. So you read through the book like you would walk through a site labyrinth. Um, Just when you think you know where the book is going, um, like on a labyrinth, oops, it turns and goes the other direction. (laughs) So so the, the book is just like a labyrinth. So it's the labyrinth. And it's the book that shows... Um, the what's and where's of of of, of existence, the, the the what. Um, the third book was a manual for developing humans. Bear in mind, I didn't name any of these. You know, uh-huh. I was told a manual for developing humans. Um, and it was just left. Um, so when I began my research in 1978. Uh, <laughs> I, I I was just so, um, what's the word, innocent? <laughs> I didn't know two tiddlywings. I just knew that I had to go out there as a cop's kid because I was raised in a police station. And I knew how to observe. I knew how to ask open-ended questions um, because I ne- never... You, you know, you never use biased language. You know, like if there's an accident, for instance, and and there are four witnesses, and a, a cop will go up and he'll say to the first witness, did you see anything? You cannot use the word car or accident until the witness does. Then you can use those words. Never before. So, you know, I was I was trained in that kind of delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, d- Dad would always say <laughs> that the body says more than the mouth does. So you're watching, you know, how you're using the body, what's happening to the shoulders, the eyes, the hips. You know, you're watching everything. 
Um, and that's how I began my work. And um, I crossed the United States from Idaho. I'm an Idahoan. Um, traveling. Um, well, you know, I watched the sun set silver over the Pacific. And I meandered across the United States, fulfilling all my childhood dreams and wishes. <laughs> and wound up watching um, the sunrise golden over the Atlantic and, and, and in the state of Virginia. So I went from Idaho to Virginia. Um, and in Virginia, that's where I began my research. Uh -huh. And that research now numbers, oh, hey, maybe close to, well, I'm getting closer now to 5,000 adults and children written, um, actually 16 books now on on the subject and i'm i'm about to start another one <laughs> yep yep i'm working on now i'm working on the tiniest of the tiny the littlest of the little those people who can remember having had a near-death experience between womb and the age of five so i'm going after the little ones uh -huh. And and specifically because they're they're very different from any other age of experiencer, and um, what's happening to the little ones, especially in the womb and before, we've got to know about. And I intend to write an entire chapter just on the womb, and and what I'm finding out about womb issues and what goes on in the womb. So. Um, you know, again, I'm a good cop's kid doing her job. <laughs> so, well, it, you know, that's what I do. <laughs> it, it's really fascinating. I mean, you've had three near-death experiences. Um, and in, in a couple of places, you talk about how people felt when they were in between. And, and, and I did, uh, with my, my late husband, uh, we did a series on near-death experiences, and we had spoken to a young lady that, that uh, committed suicide, or tried to. And when she was talking to us, she was saying, you know, it, it wasn't like I was surrounded by love or even embraced by love. She said, you don't understand it. I was love. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to me, that, that hit home. That was like okay, I can understand why someone would not want to come back from that experience. And, and it was amazing. Well, you know, it's different for different people. Mm -hmm. And that, that's one of the first things um, I like to clarify. Because some of them get in those deeper reaches of love and some don't. Um, some have hellish experiences. Some have heavenly experiences. Some have what I call the initial experience, which is something like the loving nothingness or the friendly dark or special voice or or maybe just a quick in and out of body experience. Children have a lot of those. And then, of course, we have the hellish experience uh, or, or um, the frightening or uncomfortable experience. Then we have the heavenly or... Uh, more more comfortable type of experience. And then we have the transcendent experience, which almost always has to do with history or the human family, the larger issues. Um, very seldom is it personal. 
So you, you get the personal accounts, the life reviews and that kind of thing from what we call the hellish or the heavenly experience. You don't get it from the other two. Um, so, you know, obviously I found two major types of experiences. Um, but it's the, it's the after effects. It's that pattern of physiological and psychological after effects. That, to me... Um, gives meaning and credence to the experience itself. It, it, it's the one that validates the, the experience. And you look at those after effects. If the experience was intense enough or, you know, even partially intense enough, you're going to get that pattern. Uh-huh. Uh, some people, you know, um, don't get that much of it. But if it's a little bit more involved or a little bit more intense, then you're going to get that full pattern. And, and you know, that's what really excites me is that afterward, because the afterward is, is, what, is what really remodels and recreates the individual. Um, the physiological after effects are... Changes in brain structure and brain function, changes in the digestive system, the nervous system, skin sensitivity. But there's a lot of sensitivities that go with that, like, for instance, electrical sensitivity, um, uh, a real sensitivity to to sound, to texture, um, um just just a lot of different uh, you, you know you become so sensitive to so many different things um and weather you know all those kinds of things you become highly sensitive and then the of course we you know you know about the uh, the the psychological ones like you lose your fear of death like uh-huh. 99.9% lose their fear of death um of course, there's, there's always a few that don't, but most of them do. Um, and then you become more psychic, more giving, more open, more spiritual, um, more interested in service, less interested in money, um, more loving, you know, all those wonderful kinds of things that each one um, carries with it its own shadow because we talk about um, not being that interested in money well um, you can get yourself in a whole lot of trouble if you're not that interested in money before I've had one near-death experiencer that I know of that created suicide because of his inability to handle money uh, it got into a point where um, he was facing bankruptcy all because of his own foolishness. You know, he, he bought a, a new house and car for his wife and his children, wanted to, you know, wanted to do so much for his family and and lost any sense of, of, of practicality about it and just just couldn't handle it anymore. Do, do you think? Do you think that this kind of an experience gives you a greater understanding of of what there is beyond this life and and the possibilities and and the potentialities that we have within this life to expand ourselves? Well, yes, yes, yes. 
um, yet in there is is the caution you see, um, and and ah, what I've come to realize about a manual for developing humans is that we're so inspired, and and we have all these feelings and knowings and revelations and dedication and and the energy to get up and go and do it at least most of us have that energy not everybody but yet um uh, we we get tripped over by that uh like like the the instance of money i just got back from from seattle just last week i I gave a talk and a workshop up there. And again and again and again, I run across this. I ran across it in Seattle. This woman had had a near-death experience. And she she had a home. She had a good job. She had, you know, she was well-fixed in life. She's now gotten older. She's now older. And um, she fell for a Ponzi scheme and lost it all. Oh wow! And and I run across this over and over and over again, so I, I'm sort of waving a red flag and saying, "But don't forget interest. You know, interest compounds." <laughs> <laughs> yes. And 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 please keep a ledger or something whereby you have at least a sense of what you're spending. Um. And please have a good, healthy regard for give and take where money is concerned and those kinds of issues. So, you know, and, and this business about love, you're going you're gonna to love this, this thing about love. Um, we come back so loving. It's, it's, like, it's like every woman you see is your, is your mother, your daughter, your aunt, your sister. Every man you see is is your father, your husband, your brother, your son. Um, and it's not that you can't tell the difference between people, but you just love everybody. Um, and and <laughs> what the alarm bells for me were was my oldest daughter Natalie. <laughs> she never entered a room. She always just exploded into a room so <laughs> so we, I, we, we called her the volcano <laughs> she just explodes into rooms and um, she's very very blunt of course like a good westerner and she uh, sort of exploded into the, the room one day and put her hands on her hips and pointed her finger at, at my face and she said well you're friendlier now than you used to be. And I like talking to you. But you're not mom. And I want mom back. Well, you know, we we spent years looking for that woman. Never did find her. I don't know what happened to her. But it's that idea of things have changed and things are, are different. So... When we're looking at the issue of love, um, what we're not realizing is that love, that kind of love, 
that that we meet in a near death experience become absorbed within a near death experience and come back wanting to give it and live it and mm-hmm. do it what we're forgetting is that kind of love god's love cosmic love is love without an object and stop for a minute when you're looking at unconditional love yes. you're looking at love without an object that means that in between a husband and wife one or the other could get really jealous because they don't understand your openness mm-hmm. your children want to be privy to you they want to belong to you what happens if suddenly you love every kid on the block equally well well that's great for you but it's not great for your kid like natalie she mm-hmm. was resentful um so that helped me to sort of open the door to um ah the full the fuller aspect of what we mean when we say, say spirituality, what we mean when we're talking about unconditional love, what we mean about being psychic and and um, able now to to go in and out of different universes and different planes and different worlds and what all that means. Um, so that has what has governed my life. Mm-hmm is that curiosity that's incredible curiosity of um here's what's going on <laughs> how do i understand it well not only understand it but share it and what you've done especially with this book is to give people a road map now not everybody's going to take it but it's there and I, I think the thing that I'm finding so much these days is that people, they want you to do it for them, and that's not appropriate. Oh. And everybody's journey is different. But you've given them basics. Yeah. And they, they, can, they can tune it to their own vibrational essence as they go along. And it's phenomenal. You, you give so many suggestions and exercises and and ways to shift and change and reminders to laugh and reminders yeah i mean it's it's an amazing amazing book and i really don't rave that much i'll tell somebody i really like their book <laughs> but yours yours is is phenomenal it's the kind of book you you don't read once you you read it a page a day you read it over and over again because every time you see a level unfolding within yourself, you realize there's another page to turn. Yeah. It, it, it's, well, uh, well, it's a manual. It's something you use. You just don't read it. No. And, and that's what I became aware of when it was coming together is that, um, you know, we've all, we have all these wonderful books, Barbara, about you know, how to become more enlightened or how to do this or how to do that. And they're wonderful, like like 10 steps for this and 20 steps for that. And here's my revelation and, and, and here's my understanding. And, and here's what I've taught, what I was told, but nobody is telling you the 
basics of how to. Right. And and it just it just seemed like uh, <laughs> we need to back up and do that because I'm seeing too many people in pain or um, break up w- one relationship af- after another. The relationships don't last. Um, you know, <laughs> they're just having all kinds of problems. And it just seems to me like, wait a minute here. <laughs> Let's back up a little bit and and take a, another look at this. Because, for instance, when we're talking, you know, so many people afterwards said, you know, I'm more psychic than I was before, or I'm now a medium, or, you know, they, they go on into all this, um, um, who and what they are now and how they're able to function. And, and, and I'm standing back and I'm saying, um, <laughs> What you are, dear friend, is you're becoming normal. Mm-hmm. Because all that stuff that you're so delighted with is what you were born with. This is our survival skills that we were born with. It's God's gift to us. Absolutely. And and what... You know, there are people that are out there that say, well, I can teach you and this. And I and I tell people, stay away from teachers. Teach yourself. Because, <laughs> because, because, and, and you know, I, 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 I think that, that when, when you have groups of people that are studying something, you often then have cliques. And then you have powers, power struggles within the cliques. And egos get out of hand. And, and the reality is we're all so unique and different that it's important for us to find our own way. Well, you know, you know it's, it's, ni- it's nice to go to a class and have mm-hmm. a teacher. That's nice. Um, but go to another teacher and, and go to a different one or, or experiment here or um, travel this or experiment with that. Don't stay in one place. Right. You know, my son, after I died and um, all three times, and then he came to me one day um, thinking maybe now I had some knowledge. (laughs) 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 Maybe I knew something. And he came to me one day and he says, Mom, how do I recognize truth? Good question. And I said, when you're in a group of people or around people and they're always agreeing with each other or they're nodding in agreement with someone else, go as fast as you can to the nearest door and leave. But if you're in a group or if you're in a situation where you have equal opposites, where you have th- that, um, oh, what do I want to call it right now? Wh- wh- where everything is 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 just totally opposite. Stay as long as you can. And learn as much as you can. You have found truth. Yes. And truth is different for everybody too. Mm-hmm. 
I think that the, one of the things that I enjoyed in the book especially is that you brought the universal laws in. And to me, they're so important. And people today don't I, – I, I, my basic training was in the spiritualist church when I first started oh. in. So, so that that is that's where my fundamental training came in. And when you when you talk about universal laws to people, the only one they can think of is law of attraction, and they only have one source for that. And there are so many others that are so much more important, like cause and effect, and reflection, and frequency, and and they're they're all. And you mentioned them along with, um, you know, the. Uh, the well, the Emerald Tablet material, the Hermes material, and they've been around for a long time. They are universal laws, and they are constantly at play within our lives. And if you understand them, you can flow with them, and you can get through any situation so much more absolutely. rapidly. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I thought of that word that I that I was trying to find: paradox. Yes, you find pure unadulterated paradox that's where you found truth absolutely yeah and and it's it's you know it, you know this this journey this this i i so so often we look for a label to call what we are and who we are and where we're going and every time i find a label that feels like it fits suddenly everybody's the same label so i just <laughs> cause myself call myself now a, a cosmic student because <laughs> it, it it's sort of i'm constantly learning i'm constantly growing hopefully and there's always something new to dive into oh i endless um what i call myself is a rascal <laughs> that'll work yeah that just sort of covers it <laughs> it does and well what I love about your book is there's humor here and and you're you're very honest with with your own experiences and the the I love the story of your folding time um with your your um you were cooking and something oh, bubbled the pickle syrup story yes <laughs> oh that was so so true um that's in that book it's also in future memory Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have that that story t- popped up in both. It, it's ab- absolutely true. I was making not 14-day sweet pickles, but 15-day sweet pickles. In other words, gourmet sweet pu- sweet pickles. Got it. <laughs> um, I used to st- I used to raise my own food, can my own food, bake my own bread. You know, I used to can uh, between 300 quarts and pints of food per year and that does not count uh what was in the freezer and then i bake bake my own bread every week so you know <laughs> i'm impressed i'm impressed yeah. <laughs> i was that kind of person <laughs> did a lot of that sewed sewed some of my kids own clothes uh, there was never a weed in my garden <laughs> um yeah, I got into companion planting and all this kind of stuff. Well, anyway, meanwhile, back at the ranch, um, I, 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 I was just the kind of person that um, things had to be real for me. I had to be able to put them in my hand and see them. <laughs> you know, they, they had to be there. 
And ever since my childhood, I could see different planes, different levels, different dimensions, different beings. And and they were real, and they were they were part of my world, and they were they weren't make believe, they weren't pretend, they weren't imagination, they were absolutely real, and they were a functioning part of reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just grew up that way, and um, you know the Idaho's deserts and canyons. I was a canyon gal. Love the deserts. Oh, still today, love the deserts and the canyons and love volcanic um, flows, lava flows. We had a lot of those in southern Idaho. We had a lot of cones and cinders and um, a lot of um, the lava flows. And, of course, you get up to the craters of the moon and then National Park and then you see um, these incredible um, incredible lava. Wherever I am, the most comfortable I am is is around lava. I just love it, love it, love it. <laughs> pickle story. Oh yeah. Meanwhile, back at the pickle story. Um, you get a sense then that I'm, I'm very curious. You yes. get a sense then that I want to try things out. I want to see if they work. It's Mm -hmm. not enough that somebody tells me something. It's not enough that I read something in a book. I have to do it. It has to be real for me. So I was, I was in my kitchen. I was baking these, I was making these 15 day sweet pickles and all the syrup was, was in a big, huge vat. And I mean, it was large. I don't mean a, a pan. I mean, you know, a real, like a vat. And it was starting to boil or, you you know, it it was starting to heat up. Mm -hmm. So I I sat down at the kitchen table near the stove and I started thinking about Edgar Cayce and, uh, you know, uh, one of the greatest psychics that ever lived. Um, When he was asked... How many dimensions are there? He said, time, space, and patience. (laughs) And nobody knew what the man meant. Time, space, and patience? You know, what's patience? Um, So I was thinking about that. You know, what, what could he have meant by patience as a dimension? That's a virtue, yeah, mm-hmm. but a dimension. And by then, <laughs> this great big huge crock that was bubbling over. Oh my God. Not only had it reached its full heat factor, but it was it was bubbling over. I mean, it was erupting like a volcano. It was really bubbling over. <laughs> So my first instinct was to turn the burner off, yeah, and to get the pan off the burner and put it in. I had a double sink, put it in the sink, and and then I I, I'm looking at (laughs) the mess. (laughs) 
so in in, in the in the other half of the the sink, hot water and lots of suds, and no kidding. Uh, I, I I just moved so slow. It was exquisitely slow. There was no sense of hurry or rush or even of a problem. Rather, there was this desire to just be. Uh And I noticed that as I got up off the chair and went forward, I was um, walking into and becoming a part of the most exquisite webbing. There were threads, sparkly threads. It's, it's It's like the air, it's like the universe was full of webbing. And it's, it's that webbing that holds everything together. It was threads, webbing. And in that webbing, I, I, I was able then to wash off the top of the stove, all, you know, the, the drip pad under the burner, the burner, the drip pad, that hot, bubbly, st- you know, <laughs> that syrup was very, very sticky. Yes, <laughs> I imagine. Sweet pickles. <laughs> you can imagine the sugar that was in it. And it had, it had dripped into the oven, to the drawer underneath the oven, and what was in it. It had puddled underneath the stove. So I had to pull the stove out. It was all over the cupboard. It, it, it was absolutely a disaster. And <laughs> it, it was just it was just so easy to clean it up. It was just effortless. There was no panic. There was no um muscle there was no efforting at all and i got it all cleaned up drained everything out you know the, the sink um got the vat ready to maybe add a little more liquid and a little more sugar so that i could finish the job and i did and when i sat down <laughs> only six minutes had elapsed. That's amazing. Only six minutes. That job should have taken hours. Only six or minutes. Or days. And, and and I wanna and I wanna emphasize, Barbara, there was absolutely no effort. There was no panic. There was no idea or thought that this was a disaster none of that was there it, i was gliding i was gliding through that webbing and that's all i did was glide through the webbing 
how did you get into the webbing? How did you trigger the the event? I I don't know. I just simply I I mean I was seated at the at at um the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. I was contemplating what patience was when the vat boiled over. So when I got up from my chair, I felt as if I had entered the realm of patience. Ah, okay. I was in patience. What patience is, is the webbing that holds everything together. It is, I, I, um, I had that idea, that thought, that knowingness, that beingness, that patience is what creation is. That webbing, that those threads, those bubbly, sparkly, shimmering, wonderful threads. It's almost as if the thought of God, the consciousness of God, it's like, it's like God's essence is what we are. It's what the universe is. It's what everything is. Mm-hmm. Of course, Casey was right. Time, space, and patience. Amazing. We, we have a question from the chat room. Um, (laughs) someone was brave enough to ask a question (laughs) yes somebody oh we have wonderful people in the chat room and they they are they are definitely um well educated he wants to know what the number three means what what it is that you 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 had to write three books that each had three sections what what well, does I the had num- three near-death experience that you had three yes go on and on and on with the threes how does how does the three uh, just symbolically uh, the three and stuff to, the three to me, me to me means that universal law that clue that that stop gap on universal law everything happens in threes that works with the essence of universal law mm-hmm. um that's what holds us holds us together you know it's like the father the son and the holy ghost you know you can go on and on and on into the threes and everything seems to be um, um based on that universal law of threes um you can ask questions again and again uh but once you come up to that three um that's that's it that's the end note um you can um request um your first time you're going to request again but that third time um that's where you have to accept or reject. You, you, you don't have that opportunity then to just go on and on and on. You've hit the three. That's my understanding of how the three works. If you get into numerology, of course, three is that wonderful, bouncy, creative number of imagination and joy and happiness and 
um, uh, again, this idea of creation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, for me, um, my uh, a lot of a lot of the major things that have happened to me in my life have happened in threes. I have three children. Um, it, um, I don't know how else to explain it, except my understanding that it is a universal law of completion. Okay. And, and that's the best I can do. Well, that's a pretty darn good way to explain yeah, it. And at the spur of the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you wrote three books, and three has been very prominent within your life. So that, so that for well, you, I can see how that would be a trigger. Um, and, and I've noticed it again and again with other people. And um, my my sense of of energy and how things work with people and and relationships and um interactions between um i look for the three Mm -hmm. and that third one is the final you know you accept or reject so um I think one of the things that that in going through your book, I began to realize more and more and more is that there are always subtleties in our life that are giving us hints as to directions to go and choices to make and and things to become involved in. And if we look for the subtleties, if we're aware or, or just alert as to the fact that subtleties happen sometimes it's music on the radio sometimes it's a chance a chance happening or um today my computer my my printer decided to print it wasn't even turned on <laughs> but it, but I it printed it. i love it when that happens <laughs> and and it was kind of like i looked around and it like it was like so what's going on why is my attention being drawn here and I found something that I thought had been lost for years, and there it was, sitting right on the desktop, and uh, catching your attention. It, it sure as heck did, but but I think that's something that so many people miss that there are so many subtleties in life that 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 spirit within you is guiding you if you pay attention, if you listen to those little subtleties that happen. And, well, I'd like and, to go back to the three. Okay. Um. Because because um. That really is, how would I say it? The, it's almost how creation moves because we've got the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, the superconscious mind. We don't have bunches of others. We uh-huh. have those. And in various levels. So, you know, you can, you can go on to, to the next group of threes, but it's always in threes. You've got the intellect, you've got the, you've got the, um, the intuition, you've got the knowing. That's our three major ways of interacting, of moving, of understanding, of um, forward motion, backward motion, uh, and and not moving at all. 
So you go again and again and again in threes. All your basic movements and realities of the earth plane come in threes. So um, yeah, that's my sense of why the, that was done this way. It, um, I, I, my sense of the format of a manual for developing humans is it has a fifth dimensional format uh-huh. that is to say in the fifth dimension all all is revealed intention rules so, so so everything is revealed in those threes you get it all um you're not just getting linear you're not just getting psychic you're not just getting um super conscious you're getting all three you're getting packages of all three so you go through the manual and you're getting it in packages mm-hmm. and uh, uh, i'd like to share with you something that that happened oh maybe about three weeks ago that that's absolutely tantalizing me and and that is I was attending a great big large book show and I had a table, you know, paid for my table and I had my books out there and there were lots and lots of other authors and lots of, of, of books on display in this large room, a uh, very large room. And the snacks were um, the snack bar, if you will, was, was being manned by two young people, a boy and a girl, about 11 or 12 year, years of age. And um, they were told that um, their reward for doing their work was they could have any book in the place. Um, Didn't matter how big, how small, how expensive, how not expensive. They could have any book in in the place. To to your story, the children were running the, the snack stand and they were told that they could have any book they wanted to. Right. So uh, the boy made a beeline for my table. He grabbed the manual and he held it to his heart and he, he kept fingering it. And he kept saying, this is my book. This is my book. This is my book. Now, this little boy is autistic. Wow. And he's, you know, this is his book. So a couple of hours later, he came back again to my table. He had read the whole first section. Wow. And he said to me, I now understand. I understand my school. I understand my school teachers. I understand my mom. I understand my dad. I now understand. Now, I don't know if that's an anomaly that an autistic child would be able um, to make sense of the manual, that it would speak to them in such a, a, a clear, direct manner that it would help them understand the world. What I'm hoping is that other autistic um, teens and tweens, adults, get a hold of that manual. And if, if, if the, the unique format 
it speaks to them and helps them understand their life themselves and the world around them then we're hitting on something that's very important here well i, I don't can, know. i can answer you i i am a special education teacher two masters degrees in special ed uh, really and um what happens with autistic children is that they are wired differently and they function on a different frequency. Right. And because of your near-death experiences, you as well are on a different frequency. Your words carried that frequency. And for probably the first time in his life, he, he resonated to a frequency that he could resonate to. Well, if he did it, I'm wondering how about others? You know, th other this could be that one, the one uh, white crow phenomenon. You know, they <laughs> say all crows are black, mm -hmm. but it only takes one white crow. I, I would I would suspect that that with autistic autistic children are actually brilliant. Oh they yeah, just, they are. They don't have the capacity to. They're almost like they're in a half step of evolution. You know, they're they're a half step, not a whole step into the next phase of humanity. Um, same with Down syndrome children. Same thing, but but the, with autistic children, it's frequency, and and that frequency is 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 something they can resonate to. When they find a frequency that is similar to their own, they become. Uh, Brilliant. They become, um, what is it? Uh, um, they, they have areas that they can absolutely become brilliant in where they may not be able to function in a lot of social situations. Their brilliance will shine in, in that place if they, if, they, if they can be provided with an atmosphere for that brilliance to actually grow and develop. Um, and and you're. Yeah, hopefully that happened with that little boy. Well, your your words, because of the near-death experience, your frequency changed tremendously three times. And yeah. and and so that so that you are you are functioning on a different frequency than most people around you. So that you know you can you can communicate with them be, because you can. But autistic children haven't haven't found those frequencies. It's very much like animal um, communicators. They go into alpha and they're able to communicate to the animals because animals communicate in alpha, alpha and theta. Right. And and so what he did was he finally found something that was his. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, this is kind of funny. I, I had that... Um, Wearing that cap of all these elect electrodes and um, mind mirror where they're able to um, calculate and figure out the different levels and and how you're functioning. Uh, and they found <laughs> and they found out that when I'm in the working mode, you know, when I get the m my most work done is when I'm in Delta. Mm-hmm. That would I'm make wide awake at Delta, and I, you know, Theta and Delta, uh, I'm just, and High Beta. Th these are the levels that I work the most in. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but the the manual itself, um, I just want to, in a way, be able to share and to. Um, 
covers some of the some of the uh, topics that's in it, L- like for instance, um, this idea of of our homes and where we live. Um, um, everything, and I do mean everything. Everything you have at eye level in every room of your home or your apartment is literally what you're praying for. It's absolutely literal. If you don't like what's happening in your life, change what it is showing at eye level in your rooms of your home. Um, another, And your bedroom, that's the most important room in your house. That's where you lay down your um, your precious body uh, when you're asleep at night or uh, um, different activities in the bed that's when the chakras are wide open and um, so your 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 bed your bedroom most important room of your house it should be the loveliest the cleanest um, the most inviting mm-hmm. uh, and um some other things that um, I find myself kind of pushing and that I have to sort of relax (laughs) (laughs) relax here so I'm not so excited when I'm trying to talk to you oh no that's okay there were a couple things too that that I, I tuned into um, you use astrology a lot. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated with it. I have an astrologer on once a month, and she always teaches me something new. And, and you went into the different ages that we are, um, that we have had and that we are coming into. And I was, I was fascinated at, I mean, you, you just cover so much material in this book. It's, it's only... It's only 300 pages long or so. And and yet you have covered so much material. There is nothing that you didn't touch on. I, I well, don't. It's, it's, it's just the basics. It's not just astrology. It's your patterns. It's your cycles. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've seen this a lot with astrologers that um, – they get so deeply into astrology that they're not really looking at all of the patterns in the cycles. And um, that to me is where the strength of, of astrology is. Um, and and um, when we're taking a good look at these patterns and these cycles, um, so many people don't realize that six weeks before your birthday, every year, is is the weakest you'll be that year. Six weeks after your birthday, every year, is the strongest you'll be that year. Six months from your birthday, every year, you get you get all kinds of challenges and tests. Um. If we could, if we could just know that and get into the rhythm of that, um, it's ever so helpful. 
in in being e- able to live our life in a in a more joyful and knowledgeable way. Um, the it, manual it, is it, just full of that. Well, yeah, oh, it, it's I can't I can't tell you enough at how odd I was by the variety of the material that you have in here and the expertise that you were able to, to speak of about it. Um, you, you, you hit something with, with your, your talking about DNA that, that I was, I, I, I go right along with you. You know, there is no garbage DNA. That's the important stuff. <laughs> you know, that's been scientifically proved now. I know. It's been scientifically <clears throat> verified. That um, 96% of supposedly junk DNA is actually the energetics that direct and manage the DNA. Um, The DNA molecule could not function, could not do what it does without the energetics. It's like the human being. Um, our energetics, our soul, that energy that lifts us and helps us through life. Um, this body wouldn't mean much if we didn't have the energetics. Uh-huh. Well, it's the same way in the universe. Um, we can we can only see four percent of what's there. We live in a four percent universe. That's all we see. Uh, uh, of what's around us. So um, the other 96%, that's that's what we don't notice, what we don't see, because we don't recognize that particular vibration, that particular radiance, that particular clarity. Um, And things like a near-death experience, a Kundalini breakthrough, a vision quest, uh, all, all these different kinds of of spiritual hap- happenings that can occur, what they enable us to do is, is to move past what we're used to in being able to see, hear, and interact with. Um, uh, you, you know, it, it, it's like... It's like most of what's going on in our world is either infra or um, uh, infra or extra to to our faculties of of, of perception. Um, those faculties of perception enlarge and and grow and and um, become so much bigger once we're able. To move past those those locking mechanisms, those ideas that um, um, that sense of what we've been trained to believe, that sense of what we've been told to believe. Once we can move back past that, those locking mechanisms that have been formed in our brain, that this is true and this isn't true. Once we're able to move past that infra and, and um, we're able to see what we weren't able to see before, not because it's new, 
It was always there. It's like all of a sudden now we have the ability to see it. Uh Um, And so that's what we're learning about the universe now. Is we're learning like, whoa, wait a minute. Time, believe it or not, time is not just stop gaps. Time is literally another form of matter. Uh And they can now make crystals in time to then be able to, to absorb and hold and keep more, well, quantum information. They're making the time crystals to store the information that, um, uh, that is within quantum computers. Um, um, they were just doing that. The, um, when did that come out? It came out, I think in November of this year. And, and we've now created those, um, the, the first of these time crystals that can hold quantum information forever, ever, ever. And we're able to do that because time is another form of matter. And, uh, you know, I'm finding this out and I'm, I'm recognizing it. And I'm, I, I, you know, it, it's just so infra or ultra once we expand our faculties we recognize this and see what has always been there but we didn't recognize it before it is exciting can can you tell us tell me tell us a little about this this blew me away the color blue (laughs) well we couldn't see blue we couldn't see blue at all for um, you, you, you go back to um, Native American, for mm-hmm. instance, um, pottery, their wavings. You don't, you don't find blue. No, uh, you, you go back to the early paints. There, there wasn't blue. Blue came in later. Uh, So in the evolution of the eye, the human eye, we only had sort of purple rods and um, the the purple rods because that enabled us to be able to see um, um, and differentiate shadows in darkness um, like the early worlds, our our early um, uh, ability to recognize worlds within worlds r- really didn't have color. There's not much in the way of color. Um, when when the cones begin to develop, is when we had more sunshine and more light in the earth plane and. In our in our environment, that's when the the cones opened up, and we only had the and we only have well, yellow was was the first co- color that our scientists believe that we ever saw. Wow! So yellow then was that sense of of sunshine, of brightness, of opening, of of our ability to take charge and open up and see things and and yellow today when we see yellow it 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 
it brightens us. Um, we, we, we look at it and, and, and we get this sense of, wow, you know, it, it, it lifts us. Well, that was the development of yellow in color. And then we had um, yellow. Um, no, in, in that 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 sense of 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 yellow in the brightness of air and sunshine. Um, there is no actual color yellow. It is only an energetic. We recognize it because we see it. The rod, the cones in the eye are red. Let's see, what are they? They're red. Um, I forget now just exactly how those cones developed. But they, they didn't develop with the use of yellow. There, there's no yellow cone. There's. I know there's red. Um, it just isn't coming to me right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Well, you got so much crammed in there. I can understand. Uh, and that, that sense of blue, it came in later as well. So the, 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 there has to be blue. There has to be red. Is it Green it, has to be green. It, it, it must be green then. Yeah, it's green. I think the, the, our original cones were red, green, and blue, and from those colors, all other colors emerged. Mm-hmm. Um, yellow is not a color in dye or chemicals. Yellow is only a color in energy. So we recognize it in air, in energy, outside. We recognize yellow if we're just simply looking um, at the environment and air and energy. But if we're trying to paint something, if we're trying to... Um, if, if we're trying to use chemicals and dyes to create colors, we have to use the other, um, the other colors to create anything. And in photography, you can't even photograph yellow. Yellow is created from, what do you call it, the, the chemicals that, um, that they dip the photographs into. It, it, it comes from the chemicals. Mm-hmm. Now, now, with our new way of digitizing everything, I don't know how that works. But I do know the energy-wise that that yellow it's almost like an infusion of of a lift um 
but when when we're looking at, at blue, the blue is the newest color in the evolution of the eye and color. Fascinating. I just sort of assumed it all came at once, but no, it didn't. <laughs> it came in steps. Uh, we evolved in our ability to see and interact with color. Um, but but the, the biggest um, stickler is, is the color yellow because we think, you know, we think it's a regular color, but it's not. It's pure energy. And uh, and that's how yellow affects us. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, absolutely! You get a lift from yellow. Well, of course you get a lift. It, it's it's pure energy. But yeah, that's my my kitchen is yellow, and it's the happiest place in the house. Yeah, you get that spark. Absolutely, that absolutely. Well, you know, it's it's really I I have found that um, in in reading your book that it, it was it was so. It was a joyful book to read because there was such excitement in so many places. And, you know, the, the couple of places you got real heavy as far as, you know. <laughs> Sorry about I, that. <laughs> I, I, you, 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 you lost me for a while in a couple of places, but I, I found my way back. But, <laughs> you um, found, found, your, found your way out. Well, you know, a manual for developing humans it's a book of timing. Mm-hmm. Um, this book would not have been understood 20 years ago. Well, <laughs> let me tell you a little story. <laughs> that book was the first book I ever wrote. Well, it, and I started writing it in, I believe, um, about 1980. 1981, I sent it out for peer review, which I often do with my books mm-hmm. because I'm a researcher. Um, I, I got the people's comments back, and, and believe it or not, they all said the same thing. And uh, what they said was, the world is not ready yet for this book. Put it in a box. Yes. So I did. <laughs> I put it in a very big box. <laughs> and there it sat. For almost thirty nine years. Now you I, in, I didn't touch it. In 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 the book you have drawings. Are these your drawings? Did you Those do these drawings? drawings? Those are thought form drawings. Yeah. They, Those they, are thought forms. They are they are absolutely beautiful drawings. Were they done with chalk? Were they done with pencil? What were they done with? Just pencil and pen. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All they are, dear, uh, a thought would pop in. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it wouldn't be something I was looking for. Please, I didn't look for them. They just popped in, and uh, and I would watch them form in the air. That thought would take shape and form in the air. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. So I just simply drew them. Mm-hmm. Well, they're they're beautiful, and I think they're more than thoughts. I think that they're they're symbols that that are yet to be interpreted. I I really, you know, I popped uh, in here. I you know, I, 
Oh, I got it. I got it. The writing of, of, of the manual. And um, it was a death of a, of a friend of mine, Robert Vandycastle. So, um, I don't know if you remember Robert Vandycastle. He wrote Our <laughs> Dreaming Mind. I think it was his, the best study of dreams I've ever written. And he died. And so I went to his funeral. And um, um, he manifested in a car right next to me because I, I, I arrived early. And he manifested in the car right next to me. And he looked at me and started laughing. And he said, I knew you'd come. And then, you know, he disappeared. So I went in the, I went in the, the, um, the building and uh, during his um, during the service there was a, a picture of, of Bob so, sort of standing up and um, he, he came out of his picture and he came right right in front of my eyes and he said to me it is now time. Well, Bob knew about the book in the box. Mm-hmm. So I made beeline after the service home, pulled out that big box, opened it for the first time in, you know, almost 39 years. Wow. <laughs> and I'll tell you, opening up a box that's been sealed that long the air just about kills you. You know, we practically <laughs> had to fumigate the place. <laughs> so when I could actually, actually, you know, shuffle around the papers in there, I, I read, I read them, and I thought, you know, this isn't half bad. So I made my <laughs> commitment to finish it, <laughs> and that's when the voice, like none other, came back. Only this time, it didn't speak. I, I didn't hear it. Instead, it nudged me. It would lean over me. It would fill me. It would sort of put thoughts in my head. Mm-hmm. And 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 let let me talk about that voice at least briefly. I when the voice came. Let's say we're in a room. You're in your room. I'm in my room. The air in the room folded over. Mm-hmm. I'll repeat that. The air in my room folded over where the air was there just seemed to wave in or flow in something very similar to that threading that I sort of plowed through or or, or became a part of in the in the pickle syrup story. Um, it, 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 
I, you know, I just don't know what to call that stuff. And, and, and I looked at it again, this time very, very carefully. And what I saw was the void. The voice like none other is the void. And the void has its own life, its own way of being, its own way of existing. It is a type of shimmer. In my second near-death experience, I was in the void. Um, and I never knew about the void before. I you know, never heard of the void before. Um, and it was a dark place. It, it wasn't heavy dark. It was just dark. There wasn't any color. There wasn't any sound. There wasn't any people. There wasn't form. There wasn't anything. But yet there was the presence of everything that had ever existed, everything that exists now, and everything that ever will exist, sort of like the ultimate womb of creation. Okay. But there was nothing there except, except the presence of a shimmer. And imagine, if you will, a, a jello dish, and uh, you've just popped, you know, the, the jello out of the mold, and it's now sitting on a dish, and you take your finger, and you're just about ready to touch that jello. You're just right there or you haven't touched it yet and there's that presence of shimmer that's what fills the void is shimmer wow and that's what came into my room that's what filled my room that's what guided and helped and nudged and enabled me to write a manual for developing humans. It was that shimmer. Um, yeah, it was that shimmer. Well, it, 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 you, you describe it beautifully. Uh, it, I it, don't must, know. <laughs> it must have been magical, absolutely magical. I, no, I wouldn't use the term magic. Okay. I would use the term unknown. I was sort of dealing with an unknown that was at times very aggravating. <laughs> uh, because, you know, I'm sitting here at my computer. There's that blank screen I'm looking at. And I would say, okay, give me a word. <laughs> How about a sentence? <laughs> Um, you know, what do I do? And, and so that, that fifth dimensional format of, of, of the manual, every, everything in threes came from the void. That, that was its creation, its, its gift. And, you know, I didn't know how to do it. So I've been going back and forth and then suddenly there would be that surge and it would all flow. And then there would be that question time like, okay, what, what's next? <laughs> and then a flow 
and then a nudge, and then it's like something hovering over my body. Oh, only it wasn't someone. It was mm-hmm. like, like a, like a presence. Only it wasn't a presence. It it was like all of creation suddenly shimmering, and following that shimmer. Um. That's that's how that whole manual came together. <laughs> well, you know, you go into you even go into extraterrestrials, and and how we are a part of them as well, but uh, in a different way. But in a yes, in a very in different, a different way want, than want, most people are talking about. Want to go into that a little bit? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, with the with the with the manual when it was done, and in book form, was April of this year. Uh-huh. So I'm I'm holding the book. It's now real, and I'm holding the book. And all of a sudden, that incredible energy I was given in death to do my mission, the job, the research, the books, everything. All of a sudden, all of that left. It left in 10 minutes. I could feel it. I could see it. I could smell it leave. It left. Uh, as well as my ability to sing. That, that's one of the reasons why I, I struggle sometimes with words. I used to have a really smooth delivery. <laughs> <laughs> and a beautiful voice. And now I kind of um, stumble a little bit once in a while. Um, the energy I have now is very soft. It's very, it's slow. It, it's happier. <laughs> it's, it's a very different kind of energy. And now finally, first time since um since i died 40 years ago 40 years ago i can make a choice i can make a new choice you know they say you're always that choice well in many ways i was but never the full the full drama the full impact the full mission the full job of what i was to do i was never a choice with that ever um, I worked an average um, for the first two and a half decades that I um, w- uh, that I did my research. I worked an average of a seven day work week. Well, about six and a half seven day work week, about twelve hours a day, and after about two and a half decades of that, I finally decided, well, I'm going to be a little bit easier with myself. I will now work about maybe a five-day work week, maybe eight hours a day. So I'm now absolutely lazy (laughs) (laughs) for the way I used to work. It was like an obsession, Barbara. I know. It's like I had to do it. There was no choice whatsoever do the work do the work good cop on the beat i'm the gumshoe of near death near death 
you know, do the work, mm-hmm. write the books, uh, get it out there so people know what's really going on. I love and respect science and the scientific protocol, but it's biased. It's it's heavily biased, and yes. it doesn't dig deep enough. You've got to get into the families. You've got to get into the neighbors. You've got to get into the coworkers if you possibly can. Um, it, it's not enough to interview or have sessions with near-death experiencers because I've never met one yet that realized how much they had changed for at least three to four years afterward, usually seven to 10 years afterward, and with child experiencers, 20 to 40 years afterward. It, it you know, um, so all of that's over. I, and so I can make a new choice, and and, and I did. <laughs> I chose to write four more books. <laughs> Now, why the number four? You know, some, why n- people, some people never learn. No, um, well, why four? I mean, you've been with three uh, for because, so long. Um, because I feel a real need within myself. Um, to write. Uh, well, to, to research and write about. Uh people who have near-death experiences between womb and the age of five. Mm-hmm. So that's the one I'm working on now. That's book number one. Okay. Book number two, I want to write my own science book. I mean, who says I can't write science? Who says I can't um, do the fuller picture of what's going on in spiritual transformations and near-death experiences. Who says I can't do that? I I know I can. I know I can write my own science book. I know I can pull it together. I can pull all the strings together and give us a pattern of of what it's all about, Alfie, if you'll pardon the phrase, why we have spiritual experiences, why we have these intense experiences, what they're for, uh, why we are in bodies, and, and what this is for, and how we evolve in our bodies, and what that's for. I know I've got it, and I want to put it into uh, words I'm not quite there yet I will be as soon as I I get this research done that I'm working on 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 child experiencers that that's that's my clue that's my next phase um, I want to get that I want to you know I want to m- more thoroughly understand that and then I'm ready for the science book and after that, then I want to do this kind of alien, you know, kind of book. Uh, <laughs> because I've done a lot of research there, too. Yeah. And I haven't talked about it. Um, and I'm not going to, except if you want to get into the book Beyond the Light, the anomalies chapter, I give you a hint of what 
uh, some of the things I've found. Okay. But I want to go deeper into that. Um, and I'm the only one so far uh, of the real, you know, the real researchers in the field that have gone into that. Uh, Kenneth Ring um, uh, in, the, in the Omega Point and, and other books certainly um, broached that topic and did a lot of research in that area. But I want to go further than he did. Okay. And then the last book, um, it won't be a research book. These other three are. It won't be. It will just be um, vignettes on my life. Um, I promised my sister I would never write a memoir. She mm -hmm. doesn't want me to. Um, b because, you know, I had five fathers, two mothers, um, I was traumatized by Pearl Harbor. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I just, yeah. um, I just want to write a memoir of some of the things that happened in my life. Um, and what I learned from that, I, I, I just want to be able to share, um, it, 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 in my life, I've spent 40 years researching life, 40 years researching death. I was born with dyslexia and stenesthesia, which is um, multiple sensing. Mm -hmm. So first grade for me was a nightmare. It was a horrible nightmare. Um, because that was the bombing of Pearl Harbor and I had to walk to school and this is in Twin Falls, Idaho, a small city. Um, but the blocks were really long. And in those days, if anyone in your family died in the war effort, you were given a large gold, gold star. star decal that went on your window and so my walk to school was a walk of death because there were many of the houses that had that gold star decal in their window. And this one particular home overnight had six new gold stars in their window. Oh my and goodness. I sobbed and I sobbed and I sobbed. Barbara, I can't remember a single morning in all of first grade when I didn't have to stop my sobs and um, control my shutters just to walk in the door of my classroom. Um, and then I was the only kid in school who could smell color, <laughs> see music, and hear numbers. Mm -hmm. Um and in those days, they didn't know what dyslexia was um, or, or hardly. They certainly didn't know what stenesthesia was. And so I had to spend a lot of my time in the first grade sitting on a tall stool in front of the class, halfway between the teacher's desk and the door to get out, in and out of the room. And sometimes I would have to wear a tall, tall um, dunce cap 
that said dunce on it as an example of a bad child who told lies. Um, so I was almost kicked out twice by the principal because call my biological mother in and, and um, that I was a liar. I was a liar. Um, what are we going to do with this kid? And what I learned from the first grade was every time I told the truth, I was punished. Every time I told a lie, I was praised. So it took my it took my understanding of the world and what the world is, and it turned it upside down. And I fled into nature because you can trust nature. Um, and uh, raised a lot by what I call the spirit keepers of Idaho's canyons and deserts. Um, so that, that was my childhood. And you know, it wasn't until I was 60 years old that I could make peace with the color gold. I can and I couldn't why. wear gold until I was in my 70s because gold to me meant death. Mm-hmm. And um, in school, you know, the, the teachers give you gold stars if you, if you get 100% on your papers. Well, I didn't want a gold star. It terrified me. Yeah. So I, I, I did the best I could not to get 100% <laughs> because I didn't want a gold star. <laughs> uh, you know, um, I've had kind of a different life. <laughs> So my little... That goes without saying. I mean, anybody who's died three times and is still around, that's spectacular. <laughs> yeah, dear. Um, so I, 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 want, I want to give back. I want to help others. I want to pass the inf information on because it's valuable, because it's important, because it will help people to know themselves, be themselves, love themselves. Um, everything we do, everything we create, recreates us. Let's get a hold of, of that process and how it works. And you can do it simply. You can do it easily. It's not hard. Um, and I want to pass this information on. Well, you've done a great job. N now, yeah. it's, now it's up to people to <laughs> to actually get it, read it, absorb it, embrace it, and become it. Yeah. And and um, it's on Amazon. Um, and you're, I want to get your website out once more. It's PMH Atwater at atwater.com. Right. And and you have a newsletter that comes out on a regular basis. Yeah, a free monthly newsletter. Uh, I mean, can't can't do better than it, that. It's for the curious. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm so curious. <laughs> well, well, I I you know I want to reiterate here that that this book covers everything. It's you name it, it's in here. From stuff about the Bible to to aliens. 
to DNA, to science, to energy, to frequencies, to um, how to, how best to raise your children and the things to do with the babies when they're very young so that they are, they are challenged. And you and I have, have the same opinion about children. Um, and I've been yelling about and screaming about this forever. We're not teaching them to think and question. And that's so important. Um, this book is amazing. And, and it has acupressure facelifts. It does. You know, I saw why that. Just, why just exercise your body? Exercise your face. Well, you're you're a great example of of how great it works. <laughs> um, I mean, you you have charts, you have examples, you have. Um, exercises that people can do for their mind and for their bodies. You, It's all in here. I don't know how you got it all in. And I can't think of anything oh you missed. It was, it was, you know, the voice like none other. Well, well, that voice did a great job. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I really do think um, the voice like none other for enabling me to pass it on. Well, I enable or compel. Um, Both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I know what oh. that, I, I, I absolutely understand what that compelling feeling is. It's, it's like none other. And, it sure is. And yet it gives you a high that it's amazing. And, and um, you know, I, I, I have, not to the same extent, but I, I have felt pieces of it. I understand the shimmer for sure. And and I think that that what you've started to do, and and, and you obviously have a great deal more work to do. Um, I'm going to be around for a while, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I I I would say a long while because <laughs> you know, and I feel that when you're in this field and when you're 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 following your bliss, which certainly you're doing, it it enables you to not age. It enables you to be so vital and so excited that that your body doesn't age and and you stay healthy, and you know it's it really it it's it's amazing. It happened was I tend I I tend uh, to get get so excited that I can't talk straight. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I'm down. <laughs> It's just so exciting to me. Life is just so much fun. It is. And it's supposed to be. And so many people don't understand that. And, you know, when you have the opportunity to to just wallow in the joy of creation, which is what you're doing, you, you can't help but be empowered by it. And, and you know, frankly, I, I tell people, I, 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 I'm not leaving because I'm having too much fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's about it that's about it and i have a husband that i i just adore he's also a good looking husband by the way oh yeah we'll we'll be married uh 38 years come april wow so it's and he's he's um so much fun and 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 that's another thing to i i want to say to people that 
that when you're looking for guidance and when you're looking for someone to, sh- to, to give you a map, so to speak, you talk to somebody who's successful in the field. Um, thank you so much. I so appreciate this evening. I can't yes, tell thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> it has been such a pleasure. Thank you, Deb, and thank you, everybody, for listening in. Bye. 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 Good night. <laughs>